Ukraine's most uh, famous singing soldiers, Kozak Siromaha, with Vistoyemo, and that translates as persevere. Dobry večer i vitaju vas vsih, dorihi radio suhači na radio programu naš holos radio ukrajinskoho korinja na bahatomovni radio stanci AM 1320 CHMB u Hello there and welcome to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina on today's program. We've got another recipe from the Nasholos Audio Archives that will be featured in the upcoming cookbook that is shortly to be released and as well a Knishka Corner book review and this will be a book very recently written about the war in Ukraine. As well, we'll be reviewing our banknote series uh, on Ukrainian Jewish heritage in light of the current world events uh, would uh, provide a pretty good refresher on history. So stay tuned for all of that, as well our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, a song dating back to the World War I era in Ukraine, and that has been recently made popular around the world in this war. It is performed by Haida Maka and Tonya Matvienko, a fairly recent release of Oi Uluzi Cervona Kalena. In the field there is a red viburnum. Oi Uluzi Cervona Kalena Pochilila Sia Наша славна Україна зажурилася, а ми тую червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну Україну гей-гей розвеселимо. Oh 
Не хилися, червона калино, маєш білий цвіт. Не журися, славна Україно, маєш вільний рід. А ми тою червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну Україну гей розвеселимо. А ми тою червону калину підіймемо, а ми нашу славну Україну гей розвеселимо. Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shochenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shochenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Holos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. Ukraine is under deadly attack, and Ukraine War Amps is asking for your help with a donation today. Funds are desperately needed by Ukrainian defenders for bulletproof jackets, helmets, walkie-talkies, food, water and gas, and by civilians, including children, for food, water and medications, and when possible, escape to safety. Please donate today to Ukraine War Amps via PayPal, e-transfer to ukrainewaramps at gmail.com, or visit ukrainewaramps.ca. Oh, oh, oh. 
Всем людям житті, і дивлялись на мене ті очі, як веселки з-під Тож дихання твої Privit from Montreal with a song from their most recent album, Allegories. And that song was called I Love Your Eyes. And if you love Ukrainian food, in particular Nachinka, get your pens ready. There's a recipe coming. Or just listen and get a copy of the book when it's out. Up next, from the Nasholos Audio Archives, Ukrainian Food Flair. Hello! The recipe tonight is my personal favorite for nachinka, or cornmeal casserole, the ultimate soul food. And this will be Bukovinian style. I guess I'm prejudiced as my roots from my mother's side of the family are from sweet Bukovina. And how beautiful it is. Mom was, in my view, queen of Nachinka. She was always in demand to make this wonderful dish for Ukrainian weddings. Fry one medium onion in a half a cup of butter until very tender. This will take at least 15 minutes. And it is very important to make good Nachinka. Add one cup cornmeal, one teaspoon salt, three tablespoons sugar, quarter teaspoon pepper to your butter and onion mixture. Mix thoroughly so that the cornmeal will be well coated with butter. Scald three and a half cups homogenized milk and add gradually and stir until the mixture is smooth. Cook until thickened, stirring constantly. Remove from the stove, blend in half a cup of cream, then fold in three well-beaten eggs. Spoon into a two-quart buttered casserole dish and bake uncovered in a 350-degree oven for one hour. It should have a crisp golden brown crust on top and sides. This serves about six to eight people. Try it. It's wonderful. And think of sweet Bukovina if you've been there. It's very, very beautiful. Until next time, make Nachinka. This has been Ukrainian Food Flare from the Nasholos Audio Archives.
second album and another song about a viburnum or a cranberry tree Oi Uluzi Kalena October 28th is National Internment Commemoration and Education Day there are still so many people who are not aware of the uh, World War I internment operation Canada's first uh, that happened during World War I and uh, carried out for two years beyond the war, uh, and that was perpetrated largely against Ukrainians, uh, but others as well from the former Austro-Hungarian Empire at that time in history. The Shevchenko Foundation is continuing the work of the Canadian First World War Internment Recognition Fund that was so hard won. You can find out more information at the Shevchenko website and also internmentcanada.ca. Meanwhile, here are two songs written and performed by two Canadian artists. The first one is Donna Creighton from Ontario. She tells a story of Castle Mountain and Edmonton singer-songwriter Maria Dunn will follow with her song In the Shadow of the Rockies.
Since faded from these pristine forest paths, yet many's the mile and the hour we trudged here to our place of labor and back. If you listen, young stranger, the wind in the pines 
or the water over the stones. You may hear the songs we sang to each other to remind us of our homes. Young stranger, as you walk these trails of beauty and you feel the mountain air caress your face as you play in the shadow of the Rockies remember who toiled in this place please remember who toiled in this place Slušajte radio programu Naš holos radio Krinskoho Korinja. Pri mikrofoni Pavlina. You're listening to Naš holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina. Ljubimo i djeti. Mila mama i tatu. Ja idu na vinodiku našu zemlju zahišati. Ne plačte za menoju. Jak što v poli zginu. Zaljubu meniku našu krajinu Jednajemo se braća Zove pohodinu Nehajmo rok znajem Mi za Ukrajinu Bogu dušu našu Vidamo jedinu Za našu zemlju Svješenu Ukrajinu And another singing soldier from Ukraine, a young man by the name of Yuri Horodetsky, 
And this is a song that he's performed often in informal videos posted on uh, Facebook and the like. And this was from a live recording, or a live performance rather, at uh, a talent contest in Poland. Yuri Horodetsky with Bracia Ukrainsi. Up next, another recent release. This is Miles Goodwin with uh, April Wine, who wrote a song shortly after the outbreak of the war last year. It is called For Ukraine. I see warplanes flying over Ukraine I hear missiles and the death that they bring I don't know about you But I feel like we should do all we can do For Ukraine Innocent families are caught up in war With no escape, no safe place anymore Without water, power, or heat And no medicine for the sick and the weak There's no end to the suffering and pain I hear voices cry out time and time again Zelensky, please, justice for all Nishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Stories about Ukraine and Ukrainians in English. In this edition of Knishka Corner, we will be discussing Hope for Ukraine, stories of grit and grace from the front lines of war, written by Kyle Duncan and Esther Fedorkevich. Hope for Ukraine is a harrowing look at the realities of the war in Ukraine. The authors, Kyle Duncan and Esther Fedorkevich, combine narrative and analysis to show readers how the Ukrainian people survived with grit and grace. Both writers have deep family ties to Ukraine and provide readers with eyewitness accounts of Ukrainian refugees, aid workers, soldiers, and ordinary families dealing with the chaos of war. Esther's maternal Ukrainian grandparents fled religious persecution and Stalin's Holodomor in the early 1930s. Kyle adopted six-year-old Zhenya 
in 2007 from an orphanage in Mariupol. The writers have a powerful message. The word hope in this book's title can be read as both a noun and a verb. While we believe there is hope for Ukraine, we also believe it's critical to hope and pray for peace. The book begins with a timeline of Ukraine's history beginning in 700 BC and ending with the Russian invasion of Ukraine on February the 24th, 2022. The 22 chapters explore how Ukrainians of all ages have experienced the invasion of their country. Kyle spent three weeks in Poland and Western Ukraine in March and April of 2022. He interviewed refugees, aid workers, and volunteers. Esther conducted interviews with those who stayed in the country during the invasion. Their goal was to tell the stories of real Ukrainians living through the largest and most devastating war in Europe in eight decades. The first story describes the struggles of Dmitri and Mariana, who were in the process of adopting their 16-year-old son, Maxim, Max, when the Russians invaded Ukraine on February the 24th, 2022. Both were Ukrainians who had become U.S. citizens. Their adoption had been approved, but the judge would not waive a 30-day waiting period. They faced a serious challenge because Max had to wait in Ukraine as the war began while they returned to Tampa and their three younger children. Max took shelter in his trade school building as the Russians bombed the area of his orphanage west of Zaporizhia. Eventually, Dmitri and Mariana persuaded Albert Hornyak, a war chaplain, to find Max and take him out of the war zone to safety in Lviv. On his last day in Ukraine, March the 26th, Max witnessed a Russian missile slam into an industrial complex in Lviv. After being reunited with her son, Mariana explained, The fact that Max went through all that he did and is with us now is a miracle. It's proof that no matter what the devil throws at you, God's plan is greater and stronger. There are many other stories in this book. Aid workers organizing a safe place for Ukrainian orphans in a Polish hunting lodge. A Royal Marine veteran from Glasgow fighting with the International Legion of Ukraine. And newlyweds Johnny and Ira organizing much-needed drugs for elderly Ukrainians. There are also vivid descriptions of the siege of Avostal in Mariupol, Ukraine's deep Jewish roots, Ukraine's indigenous peoples, and the fight against human trafficking of Ukrainian refugees. These stories show the unwavering dedication of Ukrainians and their allies to helping the Ukrainian people survive during the time of war. Readers will be shocked by some of the graphic depictions of violence and abuse in this book. On the other hand, they will be inspired by the courage, resilience, and patriotism of Ukrainians of all ages during the difficult time. The humanitarian response to the plight of Ukrainian refugees is described very well. Both writers have worked in Christian faith-based publishing, but the stories they tell are not exclusively told from a faith perspective. The proceeds of this book will be donated to aid organizations helping Ukrainian refugees. Readers should look forward to more books from these writers after Ukraine is once again free. Kyle Duncan is a native Californian who has written for publications such as the Los Angeles Magazine and the Daily Bruin. He has also worked as a New York Times bestselling ghostwriter and editor. Hope for Ukraine is his first book inspired by his personal experience of adopting his son Corey Zhenya from Mariupol, Ukraine. He lives in San Diego with his family. Esther Fedorkavich is a literary and entertainment agent who founded the Fed Agency. She has represented faith-based authors, 
athletes, politicians, and other influential writers, and has over 80 New York Times bestsellers on her list. She lives in Austin with her family. Hope for Ukraine is available at Chapters Indigo and Amazon. Thank you, Myra, for another thorough and thoughtful review. Join us again soon for another Kanishka Corner Book Review with Myra Junik here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. In the meantime, if you'd like to listen again to this or Myra's previous reviews or read the transcript, you can find them archived at our website, www.nasholos.com. Another popular singer from Ukraine goes by the name of Zizio, and this is considered to be the spiritual anthem of Ukraine, a beautiful hymn, Bozhevaleki, God is Great. And now, Ukrainian Jewish heritage on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio, discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. Banknotes and coins are not only means of payment, they are also a symbol of sovereignty. This is a story about two currencies, two countries, and two peoples with a long and closely intertwined history. The hryvnia, currency of Ukraine, and the shekel, currency of Israel. This is the story of how both of these countries have honored the other with their respective currencies. Nothing confirms sovereign statehood like its own unique, identifiable, and stable currency. And arguably, no two countries know this better than Ukraine and Israel. One of the biggest challenges of any new state is being taken seriously on the world stage as a sovereign political entity with a viable economy. To that end, engaging in international trade is crucial. And for that to happen... A new state needs its own currency. In 1991, shortly after the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe, Ukraine suddenly found itself an independent state. After over 70 years of political and economic subordination, Ukraine was finally free of Kremlin control. 
but taking control of its own affairs after centuries of foreign control would be no easy task. As a new state, Ukraine found itself stuck with the Soviet ruble as its currency. This situation, using the currency of another country, was not conducive to creating the impression of sovereignty, nor economic strength and stability. So, creating its own currency became a high priority for the new Ukrainian state. In 1948, after the Holocaust decimated the vast majority of European Jews, the Jewish people finally had their own state. And likewise, the new state of Israel found itself stuck with a foreign currency, the Palestine pound. At the end of World War I, the Ottoman Empire conceded Palestine and Transjordan, which at the end of the war were undeveloped, poor and sparsely populated, to the Allied forces. The League of Nations, the forerunner of today's United Nations, created the British Mandate of Palestine for the British to administer these territories. The Ottoman Empire had no official name for these lands. So the new administration chose the term Palestine, which dates back to ancient times. In the second century, the Roman Empire had crushed a Jewish revolt and recaptured Jerusalem and Judea. The Romans renamed the area of Judea as Palestine in an attempt to minimize Jewish identification with the land of Israel. With the creation of the new state of Israel in 1948, the British Mandate of Palestine came to an end. But, nonetheless, Israel was stuck with the Palestine pound as its currency. So creating its own currency became a high priority for the new Jewish state. It took a few years for both states to create and establish their own currencies, but in both cases the process began almost immediately. In Ukraine, a temporary currency, the Korbovanets, was created. By November of 1992, it had replaced the Soviet ruble and was sole legal tender in Ukraine. In 1996, the hryvnia was introduced as Ukraine's national currency when past president Viktor Yushchenko was chairman of the National Bank of Ukraine. Work to design the hryvnia had, however, begun much earlier and under secrecy. The first bank notes were printed outside the country in Canada and the United Kingdom. The one hryvnia bank notes were printed by the Canadian Bank Note Company in 1992, and the two 5 and 10 hryvnia banknotes in 1994. The banknotes were stored in Canada until they were put into circulation two years later. Israel's currency also involved secrecy. Planning for it began before the State of Israel was yet established or named. This was a tricky situation, as no reputable foreign firm was interested in printing banknotes for a non-existent state. Eventually, however, the American Banknote Company of New York was persuaded to print them, but without any indication that they were legal tender. When the banknotes were ordered, no one yet knew what the name of the new state would be, let alone the name of its currency. It was therefore decided to print Palestine Pound on the notes, the currency of the mandate. The banknotes reached Israel secretly in 1948. On August 17th, the government passed a law declaring the notes legal tender, and they were put into circulation on the following day. In 1952, the Israeli pound, or lira, was introduced to replace the Palestine pound. From then onwards, a debate raged over the non-Hebrew name of the currency. This resulted in a law in 1969 ordering the currency to be replaced by the shekel. It was finally introduced in 1980, after two years of planning in complete secrecy. After a period of hyperinflation, the shekel was replaced by the much more stable Israeli new shekel in 1986. Despite some talk of another change in 2013, the Israeli new shekel remains the country's monetary unit. The names of both these currencies the Ukrainian hryvnia and Israeli new shekel, have ancient roots. The hryvnia is named after the currency used in medieval Kievan Rus called the grivnia, which means mane. It might have indicated something valuable worn around the neck, usually made of silver or gold. Later, the word was used to describe silver or gold ingots of a certain weight.
Today, the standard English name for Ukraine's currency is hryvnia. The National Bank of Ukraine has recommended that a distinction be made between hryvnia and hryvnia in both historical and practical means. The shekel's roots are even older. The shekel was an ancient Near Eastern unit of weight and is mentioned in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Old Testament. It was first a currency in ancient Tyre and ancient Carthage, and then in ancient Israel under the Maccabees. The modern state of Israel was created and built by Jewish settlers who came mainly from Eastern Europe, many from the territories of modern-day Ukraine. This latter-day exodus dates back as far as a century ago, when many Jews fled oppression in both the Russian and Austro-Hungarian empires. Since the establishment of the State of Israel, European Jews continued to emigrate to their ancestral homeland, despite the many obstacles, in particular in the communist countries of Eastern Europe. Several Jews from Ukrainian territories have been awarded one of Israel's highest honors, their portraits depicted on the state's banknotes and coins. And Ukraine has returned the favor. In recent years, the National Bank of Ukraine has issued dozens of commemorative coins on various topics. Several coins are dedicated to prominent Jewish writers and scientists who lived and worked in Ukraine, as well as religious buildings of Judaism in Ukraine. And a century ago, Yiddish was used on Ukrainian currency in 1917-1920. So profound was the impact of Jews on Ukraine that Yiddish was one of the three state languages on the paper currency of the Ukrainian People's Republic, an attempt at independence from Russia that lasted four years, until 1921. In the next edition of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage, we'll bring you the names of the distinguished and esteemed Ukrainians and Jews who grace the currencies of both countries. I'm Pavlina, producer and host of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage. Until next time, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Nahadiyu vislukhite radio programu Nasholos Radio Nasho Korinya na bahatumovni radio stansi AM 1320 Хто бу і є фалшлевий, той ніколи не бу і не буде зачлевий. And our proverb of the week translates as a false or fake person is never benevolent. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. In between broadcasts, please stay in touch with us via our Facebook page. And for transcripts, audio archives, and a link to our podcast, visit our website, www.nashholos.com. You can also find Nash Holos on your favorite podcast app. And our time is about run out, so we'll wrap things up with Andrew Moroniuk and The Road to Yorkton. I'm Pavlina. On behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM 1320, thanks for listening and Dobranich!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.